0: your girl Sada Star, coming to you with another episode of A Day in the Life of the Alpha Woman, the official podcast of the easy, breezy life community. If this is your first time joining us, we are a community of fierce, focused, and fired up women who are out here bossing up and managing multiple plates at any given moment. Before I get started, it's important to note That the Easy Breezy Life is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. We want you to get all the help that you can get. So please, if anything we share strikes a chord with you, seek your legal, financial, and medical professional. This does not replace professional advice. So how are we doing this week? (sighs) I am just hoping that as you listen to this, you are safe, healthy, and well. And if not... I just ask God to dispatch angels on your behalf in this moment. I must say that with each day that passes, our news reports get more and more interesting, more and more incredible, incredible. That's all I'm going to say. (laughs) And I am just asking God to deliver us from this season of the book of Judges and let there be peace in this land and justice Right, because sometimes we compromise justice for the sake of peace, which really is not peace at all. It is just delayed, delayed battles, and so um, there are some issues that must be confronted. And I am learning that every day that this is definitely a season of confrontation. And as one of my friends like to say exposing that which has been hidden or done in the dark or done in secret and so um I pray that God upholds the righteous in this season and at the end of the day his ultimate will for us our nation and the world will prevail above all else so as i mentioned the theme of season 4 is girl tribe and let me tell you as I even think through the sequence and the amount of grace and glory the young women who are coming on to the podcast this season are bringing to share with all of you. I get excited. As I mentioned in the beginning of creating this podcast, A Day in the Life of the Alpha Woman is really about those of us who are Renaissance women managing so many different things and understanding that no tree really stands alone. And if you are seeing a woman who is out here, you're seeing your Oprah and Beyonce's, they are full machines behind these women who consistently show up excellent. And so we are moving from a sense of independence, a sense of competition, to a sense of collaboration and interdependence and understanding that we are always greater as the collective whole than we could ever be individually. And that's really because no human being is really all all sufficient, all knowing. Like that's God. God will never make you all of the things that He is, lest you become fully yourself and think it was you doing it. Right. Let no flesh glory in His presence. That's what His Word says. Nonetheless, we are going to take a brief break, and when I come back, joining me will be Mimi Bangora of Young Saved and Slaves, which is a movement of young women who are living it up and glorifying God even in their youth. Mimi Bangora is a Christian marriage advocate and I cannot wait for you to get a little bit of her drip and wisdom nuggets. I had the privilege of joining her for her podcast called Let Me Tell You What. You can find that on all of your podcasting platforms and we had a great conversation about when good finally pays off. And let me tell you, something about how God moves in the Holy Spirit is sometimes you're talking and it's really not your words as God's using you as a vessel to get a message out. So I must say that I was equally as blessed by that episode um, as I was uh, recording it with her. So I hope you have a chance to tune in and listen to it. I'm going to link to it in this particular episode note and we'll be right back. And we are back. Joining me today is Aminata Bangura-Rama, also known as Mimiology one on Instagram. She was born and raised in Sierra Leone, West Africa, and moved to the United States of America when she was just 14 years old. She is a graduate of NJCU in Jersey City, New Jersey, a mother, wife, podcast host, vlogger, and an entrepreneur. Her testimony for her generation is all about helping people fulfill their God-given purpose by motivating and inspiring young single Christian women to be steadfast in the Lord and to patiently wait on God for their life partner. Welcome Mimi.
1: Thank you. You said that so well. (laughs) I love it. I love it. You did that so well.
0: Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad I did it justice. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. I'm so. Excited. Thank you for having me. Actually, I was I was excited when I was finding I was going to be on the podcast.
0: Oh no, I was really excited. I think our interview on your podcast was so good. I've probably listened to that interview like four or five times because I'm like, I need to hear that again. I need to hear that again because sometimes you're saying things, and and I think this is what this is what happens when God's in, God inspires your words is they're not really your words. He's just using you to get something out there. So sometimes the message you're putting out there is for you. And so, um, I love your podcast. I love your approach to what you're doing, helping young people be young, saved, slay, and live, really live for the Lord. Um, that I think is going, it's lacking day to day. And what does it really mean? Right. And each and every one of us trying to do that in our own way, I think it's just rare to see someone in your age group to have us so together mentally and spiritually and to be clear on who you are, what you want, and not, not compromising on that, right? Principles are, uh, an, are an endangered, in, uh, I, would, I would call it an endangered species, people with principles at this day and age. All right. So... Why don't you start by telling our audience members a little bit more about who you are beyond the bio? Okay,
1: okay. Um, I think you said everything. You really said everything. I am a mom. I am a wife. I am, oh, I'm currently in the process of publishing my second book. Woo, woo. I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. Um, that's pretty much what I got going on right now. You pretty much said everything else.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. So one of the things that I like to talk about is coming of age um, experiences, right? The come up. Mm -hmm. Now We're always on the come up, right? Because we never hit any kind of plateau when we are walking with God. Um, But I do think there are periods where we're meeting God, getting to know God, defining moments where we're deciding, am I going to really walk with him? Am I not going to walk with him? So talk to me about a key coming of age experience that you think shaped your worldview, how you look at family, education, faith, friendship, your profession, and even your life partner.
1: Well, I would say the number one thing is my mom. You know, I looked at my mom. My mom was, when I was, you know, growing up, my mom was a CNA. My mom had three jobs, two, three jobs, trying to make ends meet here. And then at the time, my stepfather lived in um, in Guinea. So she was still providing for him. She was providing for us here. So she was working like two, three jobs, trying to make ends meet. Sometimes I would go to bed, uh, not even see my mom because she gets home so late. And then when I wake up, she's gone. So, some, so I pretty much raise myself most of the time. So, right. and yeah, yeah. Seeing that and, you know, um, my mom not being able to be at my high school graduation because she works so much. Me not being able to go to prom. Oh, my goodness. Yes, girl. <laughs> humble beginnings. When you talk about humble beginnings, that's where I came from. Right. I, yeah. I didn't do a lot that, you know, all these kids have growing up that's why I, I i appreciate the little things in life oh. and i don't look down on people mm-hmm. i try to like inspire people because i saw that in my mom you know at the time i didn't understand i'm like why can't she just take one day off to go to school to go to parent teacher conference but now thinking about it i'm like if she missed one day she's not going to be able to pay her bills
0: yo that's a that's rough
1: yes 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 now, you know, as an adult, I'm thinking about it. But at the time, I was really mad at my mom. I'm like, she never goes to nothing. She, you know, all my friends, their parents come to things to support them. But now, you know, thinking about it, I'm like, if my mom never went to work, I would have never had this. I would have never had that. So those are the, those are the humble beginnings that helped me to be the person that I am today. And of course, I'm trying to do that more, much more for my son. You know what I mean? And so, fine. yeah.
0: So my question is, um, when did your view of your mom and her sacrifice change? Because I know for me, having a child was like, whoa, <laughs> this is not what I thought it was. I have no comments. No, um,
1: comments. So- I would say, I would say it was, it was it was two different times when I left my parents' house when I got married, and also after having a child. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so- when I left, when I left my parents' house, because you know. Even though I was working for my, I was working, making my own money, have my own space, have my own car, do my own thing. At the end of the day, I was still under their protection.
0: Mm.
1: So now I'm leaving my parents' house, you know, coming in with my husband, still trying to share space. At this time, I'm not sharing, you know, in my mom's house, I wasn't sharing rooms, but now I'm sharing room. I'm like, oh, wow, this is reality. This is what it is. You get what I'm saying? All the things that my parents were telling me, oh, you're not supposed to do. This is like carry yourself. This is, how, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're, this is what you're supposed to do to get yourself for, uh, ready for marriage. Now I'm thinking, oh, wow, they were really right.
0: I think that's the biggest struggle for me, right? You mentioned that you're... <laughs> that, me, so my dad is from Guinea and my mom is from Democratic Republic of Congo. And I grew up in a household with eight siblings and always a cousin, somebody. And I hated Saturdays. Because Saturdays was wake up, make breakfast for like 10 people. Oh my God. Use real plates, not paper plates. Wash the plates and then make dinner. And there's never any leftovers. So you're cooking. Every time we're home, we were cooking. And I remember my mom saying, you're going to need this in your husband's house. I'm like, it's a lie. When I left my parents' house and went to college, I boycotted cooking for like (laughs) 27. I was like, I'm never doing this. This is slavery, blah, blah, blah. And then I get married and I kind of bring that attitude a little bit and I realize I'm like, oh my goodness, this cooking thing is really important to even my my partner who's very like calm and peaceful. This is very important. I'm like, oh. the hardest part I think is knowing all the things that we're right about. Mm-hmm. Right? They just being like, oh snap, oh snap. Like you have no idea what it's like to be a parent and to have to adult. And especially for them coming to a country where you don't know anybody. Right right? No college degree. We got college degrees, but these folks came across a whole ocean to give you a better life. And so the good news is that you get to give your mom the roses while she's alive. Right. Right.
1: Right. 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 What you're
0: doing. And she's like, this Mimi was worth my sacrifice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you brought up something about the cooking too. that, you know, I never I I didn't know how to cook when I got married. Cause Why? I'm the only child. I was never in the kitchen when my mom was cooking. Me and my mom, we did not get along at all. Oh. We always argue about something. So whenever she's cooking, I'm like, I'm not gonna go there. But when she's done, I wash th- I love to clean. Okay. I wash the dishes, clean the bathroom every Saturday, do whatever I have to do. But cooking was never my thing. But now getting married, being married, I had to like literally YouTube every day. Yep. Learning how to cook, try and error trying things on my own. And now it's like, I love cooking. I do it every day. It's so, so
0: funny because, um, I, 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 think YouTube has saved a lot of us. Yes. yes. I, who's your fist, your favorite Instagram cook? Cause I follow some Instagram cooks.
1: I don't have a favorite Instagram cook. I don't, do I, I don't have- really have a specific person that I watch. I watch a whole bunch of people. I watch some Sierra Leone cooks, Mm. I want to learn some Sierra Leone meals. I watch some Nigerian cooks like puff puff. I didn't know how to make puff puff until I watch a couple of videos on YouTube, some Nigerians. And now I think I make the perfect puff puff. You know, I watch like a couple of, I watch a whole like variety of everybody, like everybody.
0: Oh, that's dedication. I don't even do like. I'll like half watch a video and be like, all right, I'm going to try it. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So let's talk about your defining moment. Um, Can you talk to me about your greatest defining moment in your faith and what? In my faith. Yeah. And what changed the way you looked at life in general?
1: Mm. I would say when I had my son, I've never shared the story, but I'm going to share it. Um, When I had my son, because I had a C section, Mm. I had an emergency C section. Mm. Um, and yeah, we, uh, you know, I, uh, I was pregnant till eight months. I wasn't sick at all. Never got sick or nothing till eight months. Mm. And yes. And then when I hit eight months, I, I, I started getting sick, like almost every other day or every, like every week in and out of the hospital. Cause I was so anemic every okay. time I go to the doctor, I was taking iron pills, but it was, you know, I guess it wasn't enough for me and the child. So, um, I really hit rock bottom eight months. So as soon as I the doctor told me, as soon as I hit full term, she's going to take the baby out just, you know, from my life. So uh, we, we schedule a time to get the, the C-section and everything. I went that day. Um, they were, you know, you know how you get induced like 24 hours before or something, you know. So, I you know, I was in the process of getting induced. And then the next day, I um, don't know where, like a whole bunch of nurses running to the room. And then the doctor came in and she said, oh, um, the, 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 the child's um, heart rate is going down. We have to get an emergency C-section. So my husband was nervous. He was like, can we please get it some time and let's see if you know, anything changes? Let's just wait. Uh, nothing happens, keep, keep going down. And the doctor was like, I'm sorry, sir, but at this point we have to do it. They literally, yes, literally dragged me down the hall. It was in a matter of less than 10 minutes. Yeah. Thank goodness that you
0: are good in your sense. But I know that especially in African community, like C-section is like, what? That's not the work of the Lord. Yes. The work of the Lord is you being alive and the baby being alive and y'all being healthy and safe. Yes.
1: Yes. Drag me down the hall. Take that baby out. And then after after the baby, you know, um, she stapled the the C-section, the um, incision. Um, I think it was a couple of three, four days later, she was supposed to take the staples out. Okay. Came back to take the staples out. Blood clots swollen. Yes. So now she had to open the staples, rip my skin, take all the blood clots out, and um sew it. Oh she my to, like yes. No, matter of fact, she glued it, glued it. Yes. And give me about five more days to go back to this. This was the time after I was home. Go back to, uh, you know, um, look at, look at it and everything went back. The same thing happened. Blood clots. Again, I would open again. This was twice now besides the C-section time. And then closed it, went back again. The same thing happened. Third time, the third time she said, you know what? We have to put you, put you on this machine called, it's called, um, vacuum machine. Like it sucks out all the air, like it it, it just sucks it out until it, until it closes by itself. So I was, this machine is is huge and has this long tube I have to carry with me wherever I go. And that thing smells, I that. That thing smells so bad. I was so embarrassed when I had to go to the store because I had it for like two, three months on me. You don't know what people are going through. What? Let me tell you. And it was, in, it was in the wintertime. So I literally have to like hide the tubes in my jacket so people don't see it. But then the machine, you know, the machine is in a bag. Yes, the machine is in a bag. So I'm carrying the machine. People won't know it's a machine that you think it's just a bag. And then the tube are, hide- are hidden in my jacket. I dealt with this. And then I had a nurse that was coming to my house like once a week to clean it, take care of it and everything. Yes, Yes, yes girl. That's what I had to go through. That moment for me just changed my whole perspective on life, taking life for granted, you know, um, having faith in God. Because all I had that time was God, really, because I'd never had surgery before in my life. Mm. When I heard the word C-section, I was terrified. Okay, I was terrified. Wow. Like, Is this it? Is this it? I never I never went over under the uh, knife before. So that was, I think, my defining moment in my faith. My goodness. Yeah. I was open like four times. That's a lot. That's why when people ask me, when are you going to have another baby? I don't even want to hear it.
0: Yo, you're like, because you carry that bag? No. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but that could be really traumatizing. And I think, right? yes. Just, just thinking on the whole childbirthing experience as a whole and how tra- traumatizing it is physically. Right. And then to not have any support, I was actually just talking to one of my friends who's a doula. And I'm like, yo, when people had back home, when people had babies, like they had a whole seat of women around them, making sure that they were taken care of. Right. Like, I know my mom tells me the stories. This woman bathes you. This woman feeds you. This one massages you. In the United States, it's like, yeah, you had the baby drop it and go. So what happens when you have a complication like this? I could not imagine of uh, walking around with the vacuum attached to my body, sucking out blood. Yeah, that entire time. Oh, my goodness. So that was your big defining moment. What did you learn in that moment? How would you say your relationship and your focus with God changed?
1: It really changed because he gave me another chance. Literally, there's no difference with with me and those and women that go to give birth and don't make it out. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's grace. It's grace. So let's talk about your philosophy and approach to relationships because you focus on marriage and you focus on marriage, marriage, which is so adorable. I've seen some of the videos featuring you and your husband. Thank you. Um, And I think also what I've been able to observe in a little bit that I know about you is your philosophy on friendships, relationships, and principles, right? So what is that? Talk to me about how you categorize friendships or your girl tribe in your head.
1: Oh, yeah. Friendship. To me, like I don't call anybody just friends. If I call you friends, like I really mean the word. Mm-hmm. So, um, friendship to me is very is a very serious thing. I, I have to be able to trust you. Mm. I have to. When I say trust, trust you around my circle, in my space. Yep. I say this is what I say to people. If you've been to my house, then I consider you a friend. Because mm-hmm. not everybody have been to my house, and pe- not everybody that I talk to outside have been to my house. Because it's that that serious for me. It's that serious for me. Like I take the word friendship very serious. So um, I think it's it's everything. It's every especially with my husband. He doesn't have family here. So his his boys are his boys. They are his family. Yeah. So yeah. So we have to like really cherish that. And your friends. Sometimes I know this is you know some people might not agree with this, but to me, I think sometimes water is thicker than blood. Mm Hmm. Yep. But some friends can be as loyal as they can be to you versus a friend versus a family member. And we've seen that to us. And, you know, we have friends that have been there throughout the whole process. Even when I was in the hospital, some of my husband's boys would go with him to get food, bring it to the hospital that's with a, him. That's
0: love. You know, yeah. yeah. Say is that um, I choose my friends, but I also choose my family. Yeah. And people don't like that. Like you always hear like, well, you know, blood family has to help. pause because some families are just relatives. And for me, family is in those moments It's when that's my stomach is cut open and I'm working with a, a vacuum. Are you making sure that I'm good? Are you checking on me? Are you showing up? That's it. Because if you can't show up right there, I'm not really sure what I need you for. Right. And right. And it's I, I was actually having this conversation with my husband. He was just like, no, you just don't like people. I'm like, it's not that I don't like people. It's that So in the flip side of that, I come from a family of eight people. I'm like, listen, if I want the drama, I'm going to go to one of my brother's and sister's house. And my parents raised us to be each other's friends. I didn't realize, again, some of those principles um, that we were learning by there only being one TV in the house that we had to share. By my dad saying, like, I don't like what you just did there. You're going to fix it. You know, I'm not going to allow you to do that. Did you just disrespect your sister outside? I'm going to beat you until you never do this again. You know, African parents discipline. Um, But when I look back now, the bond that I have with my sisters and my brothers, unfortunately, because that was my definition of friendship, I also believe that outside friendships were that way, right? Mm So oh, if you know, if you're saying we're friends, I'm loving you like I love my sister, right? But then realizing that everyone doesn't share in those same definitions. No. no. Right? And so I, I certainly agree with you. It's like, you know, prior to my husband, never had a housewarming. I lived in many apartments. People did not see the inside of my house. I had friends who I knew for seven years who never really knew me um, because I was, you know, one, my siblings were my friends and two, I liked my personal space. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think marriage, how did marriage change how you manage friendships?
1: Um, I didn't really have that many friends before. I didn't really have that many friends. Actually, because my husband is a musician and knows so many people, I literally have to come out of my shell because I was very reserved. Mm-hmm. Literally, I was very reserved. I had a couple of friends, a couple of solid friends. And those were the only people that, you know, I would talk to. I would you know, share any type of personal information with. But watching him, knowing so many people and so many people have love and respect for him. That, you know, I, I learned from him. And I'm like, you know what? Let me try that. Let me try to open up to people. Mm. Let me try to open up to see. You know, let me observe. Of course, you have to use wisdom doing it. Let mm-hmm. me let me observe. Let me see who I can trust. Let me see, despite of what I heard about you before even meeting you. Let me see who you are. Let me get to experience you myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was for me. And then, of course, I, I test people all the time. I will tell you one thing. And then I was I'll give you a time. See if never if I never hear outside. If yeah. I don't, then you might be somebody I can trust in my in my space.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think I've ever tested people. No, I do all the time. But the thing that I'm good at now is like when you're showing me who you are the first time, I believe you. Yeah. Learning to be apologetic about like I'm not sorry. I'm not I'm not changing my mind. Like once I see what I see, I I know what I saw.
1: Right. And at this age, we're in our 30s. I don't think you should be telling people how to behave. We are grown enough to know that is not right. Morally unacceptable. Mm. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're adults. We should know better. That's just how I think about, you know, when it comes to friendships and things like that. Okay. They're just boundaries you don't cross.
0: Did your boundaries, so, before, so this is a funny story. Before getting married, I had a lot of guy friends who I thought were my guy friends. Like I thought they were my friends for real. I still do. Um, how did your, the way that you relate change with them once you got married
1: um well this is what I would say: the ones that had crush on me yeah the ones that had feelings for me I literally had to set the boundaries and let them know listen there's somebody in the picture I I love you and respect you but I can't keep that communication I can love you from afar I can't keep that communication this there's some of them I still have on my Instagram till this day okay that's where it stops but the ones that are, you know, that were, ge- that were genuine friends, my husband knows them in-, in person. He knows them. Even when I'm on the phone with them, he'd be like, who's that? Isaac, who's that? Some of them came to our wedding. Some awesome. of them bought gifts from the registry. He knows them, you know? And same thing with some of his female friends. Some of his female friends I know. Some I had to check, but, you know, yeah. God is good. <laughs> yeah.
0: So for me, on the flip side, I realized that I had no guy friends. Wait, I'm lying. I had like two real ones. Because so many of them like defriended me after my wedding.
1: Oh, you broke their hearts, girl. <laughs> Back, I'm like, what
0: happened? And my husband goes like, you just be clueless. Like, you have no idea. You didn't know these guys were hitting on me. Like, None of them ever hit on me. He goes, no, I think you just be ha- you have blinders on and choose not to focus and pay attention to that. Therefore, it must not be happening. Um, for me, my rule did become like, if my husband can't meet you and feel comfortable with you, like that friendship... It is what it is, you know? You're either going to be a real friend that values and respects my marriage, which I had some who were really disrespectful. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Not in front of my husband, but the comments they would make when he wasn't around was like so inappropriate that I just had to be like, I have to draw a really hard line on these friendships and relationships. Oh, wow. Yeah. So let's talk about how you make it all happen. Okay. Right? You are working full-time. You're a mom. You're a wife. You're blogging. You're an entrepreneur. You are um, also do YouTube vlogs. Yeah. So all this influencer your life and you're an author. Yeah. That's alpha woman, right? That's like, I'm holding all these things in the air. How am I doing it? Yeah. Maybe it looked like a magic trick, but we know it's not magic. Yeah. What would you say are three key traits for someone who might be looking and saying, I have no idea how Mimi is... Um, managing all of this and still being productive and still being social and still being cute when she goes outside. What is your advice?
1: Okay. Number one, confident. Mm -hmm. You have to be confident within yourself. You have to know yourself. You have to know your values. You know your um, standards. Know who you are. Never allow yourself to be defined by people or what people say about you Mm -hmm. or what people think about you because that's going to come with whatever you do. That's number one, and number two, I would say be optimistic. Try to be positive. It's hard sometimes. It's hard. I ain't gonna lie, it's hard. But you have to try as hard as you can to be optimistic, because at the end of the day, for me, where I'm at now, you know, I always have women encourage me on my in, in, in my Instagram um, DM, right? So those are things that allow me to be optimistic most of the time. Besides my son, my family, you know is people that I'm actually inspiring, people that I'm actually touching. Like oh. every time a podcast drops, I will have somebody hit me up. Oh my God, I was blessed. Like the episode with me and you, mm-hmm. I had so many mothers hit me up about that episode, how much it blesses them.
0: Wow, thank you. Yes, God. those
1: are things that help me to be optimistic, even when I'm going through challenging times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, you have to be optimistic. And then the last thing I would say is consistency, consistency. Yep you have to keep going. It might not look like you're going to make it. It might not look like it might listen the young safety and slaves. There's so many times I, I want to give up on that thing, but it is, we almost at what hundred merchandise now being sold. Oh. And yeah. And the podcast, I just hit 1200. Hey. And, I'm like, and when I started, you know, I had a lot of what if moments. Seriously, I had a lot of what if moments. What if nobody buys it? What if nobody listened to me? What if nobody want to hear what I have to say? Mm. Yeah. And now my audience is going up. You know what I mean? So it's just consistency because now I just, I'm, I have one more episode left to finish season two and I'm about to approach season three. I never thought I would make it this far. So I just say consistency. That's it. Just be consistent with whatever you got going on.
0: Just keep plucking away. I think that's so interesting because like even for me right now, right? Like, so I try in my business to pray, like, Lord, what season am I in? What should I be doing? Because again, sometimes you can run, run, run and run yourself to the ground and you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. And so 2020 was really busy for me in spite of the pandemic and just getting to a point of being like- You had
1: a great year, by the way. Oh, thank you. You know what? You showed up. You are actually one of the people that keep me going because I'm like, I said I can do it. I can do it. (laughs) I think that's
0: just God's way of like using me to encourage people being like, listen, whatever you think is an impossible situation. When I step in, when God steps into that situation, he will start opening doors. And I'm sure in the process of writing your book and doing your things, opportunities and answers drop in your lap that you weren't even looking for. Like all of a sudden you stumble on, oh, this is the way to get that done. This is the way to get that done. So I think What what has been um, encouraging, speaking on that front for me, is knowing, is seeing, again, women being impacted by what's actually happening, seeing people around me finding their voice and being able to launch them out and being like, you know what, especially when it comes to Black women or Latinx women, there aren't enough voices, in this field, like I'm teaching a leadership class. I cannot find black and, and brown women who are talking about these things. I'm like, we're out here, but we're so busy working that we don't um, create our own brand because we've been taught that that's like self-promotion. We've been taught that that's vanity. And it's like, no, somebody needs what you've got. And I'm sure that on your, your Instagram, there are so many young women who are aspiring, hoping to get married yeah. and understand why they keep dating jokers no principles, no boundaries. And that's what you're teaching them, right? And, and teaching them how to prepare themselves for that. So I think who you are is not just a testament to you, but it's a testament to what your parents put on the inside of you. And I hope I hope every time, I hope they listen. I hope they're proud of mm-hmm. you know who you're transforming into. And I love, let me tell you what, because it's so, it's down to earth. I feel like it speaks to not my generation, but like the generation that comes like right after me, right? Yeah. So like they might still be in their twenties, mid twenties, and they they haven't figured certain things out, and they need that role model. So just keep going.
1: Keep going. that was the that was the purpose of it all because I'm like, you know, there are th- th- we need solution. These generation needs solutions to things that are not being talked about in the church not being talked about at their job, not being talked about by family members, like peer pressure. Everybody go through peer pressure, but nobody talk about peer pressure. Homosexuality. Nobody talk about homosexuality. Masturbation. (laughs) Nobody talk about masturbation. And it's like, we all deal with, this is our reality. That's why I'm like, you know, I need to come up with a platform where I'm going to talk about things that nobody want to talk about. And that's what it was for me.
0: Is there anybody in your family who's just like, "Oh my goodness, Mimi, must you talk about masturbation?"
1: No. No. My parents already know I'm very open. Oh, okay. uh, my mom don't listen to my podcast. She don't even know I have a podcast because I feel like there are some things she'd be like, "Why are you talking about that?" Mm-hmm. But she know about she read my book before my my last book and she knows I'm in the process of publishing another book. That's fantastic. But um, yeah. My parents they just let me do my thing, you know? They just let me do my thing. And, and I, I think-, think that's what they should do
0: way like you just gotta let them be you know let them be as long as nobody's getting hurt yeah out here wounding people like it's a journey and I think for me um well first of all my my parents already knew I was this way because I could never keep my mouth shut even even as a child but I think my husband too especially knowing the cultural pressure that he might experience um with a wife who I don't know. Carries himself the way that I might. Like, I'm not apologetic about having a strong personality. I know that he gets a lot of flack for the way that I am. Right. But I respect and honor the fact that he respects and honors my identity for who I am when he married me Right. and not asking me to be someone that I'm not. And I really do think that. Openness is a gift. Right. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have that gift to be uh, the ability to be open and transparent. We don't tell everything all the time, but um, the ability to use your experiences to teach and empower and educate others is something that requires a lot of self-confidence and vulnerability. Right. So kudos to you. Um, tell you. us a little bit more about the book that's coming.
1: OK. OK. A little bit about the book. All right. So this book um, It's specifically, I will say single women, Uh, but anybody can, can, you know, anybody can read it. It will be inspiring to anyone. If you've experienced any of the things that I talked about, like daddy issues, um, growing up, not having enough, um, not having, um, you know, your parents there when you need them, um, struggles of, you know, in the dating scene, um, ups and downs, friendships falling out of friendships. Um, You know, I talk about everything in the book pretty much. And I think this book will actually bless a lot of people because every time I read it, I've read it like three times. Every time I read my own book, I'm blessed by it. So, yeah, I know it's going to bless people and I'm taking my time on it. You know, I'm not trying to rush it. I'm taking my time trying to promote it the best way I can. And that's what I'm working on right now. You know, I have three platforms, so I'm coming out with three different um, promotions. So...
0: So I just want to let the people who are listening in today, I had a chance to also read um, one of the drafts of this book. And even as a woman who is 37 years old, I felt so blessed by the book. I'm just like, there's sometimes you read things and it's like the words are jumping out of the book on you. And I'm like, wow, this is, there was just so much. I think it was the vulnerability and talking about hurts and healing Right. And so I think, you know, for all of our young women who are listening out there and even men could benefit from this, if you are looking for a book that's going to be honest, but is an easy read and talks about the coming of age situations that could possibly wound us um, and being able to turn those things into learning opportunities and moments that can be a blessing to others. And, 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 and just being able to move forward in a positive way. I think this book that's coming out on the other side is going to be for you. And you don't got to worry when it is out, we will update the podcast notes. We will update it on the website. We will send it through the newsletter. Um, Thank you so much, Mimi. Yay.
1: Thank you for having me. This was fun
0: this was I appreciated learning more and thank you for being so vulnerable about your birthing story Um, this this goes shows that you're paying attention to Instagram and you don't know what people are going through right during that time you were just posting like it was regular life exactly right still taking your pictures putting the bag down but you're making it happen and that is an alpha woman characteristic so hats off to you thank you you. (laughs) there you have it ladies I hope that you were just as blessed by that message as I was and make sure you tune in next week for our next guest, which is Amanda from confessionsofachristianchick.com. Have a blessed week and stay safe and healthy. Wash your hands, wear a mask. Love you very much.